0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the DemCast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and today I'm going to be chatting with Maysoon Zaid. She's a comedian, actress, and disability advocate. She's also a Palestinian woman who has cerebral palsy, and she wanted to be an actress. But, you know, Hollywood isn't so friendly to disabled actors. So women like Ellen and Roseanne and Whoopi Goldberg inspired her, and she decided to become a comic and she was totally welcomed and she's so freaking funny. Actually, Keith Olbermann gave her her first television break. She's got such a fascinating story and I know you're going to love her and we do have a fascinating chat. So, before we get into that, I'll quickly remind everybody that Start Me Up is supported by listeners. It's a independent podcast, woman run. I'm the woman. And if you like the show today, consider becoming a monthly subscriber at patreon.com slash start me up. You can start out at two bucks. That gets each show delivered into your mailbox. You can also sign up for $5 a month. That's going to get you at least two times where I do a podcast where I'm by myself and I talk about whatever. Sometimes it's it's like a dating stuff. Sometimes it's experiences I've had in my life. Sometimes it's patriarchy. Sometimes it's just shit I see online, whatever. But it's a way for you to get to know me. And right now I am doing those podcasts for just patrons only at a dollar. Eventually, it's going to go up to two, it's going to go up to a five dollar thing, but right now, just to tease you and hopefully get you to upgrade um, to that five dollar a month, at least two podcasts. Now, keep in mind, tomorrow I'm going to be doing one, but it's going to be with Steph Walton. Now, for those of you who don't know, Steph Walton used to be my partner. She's a regular on the show, and we're just we're just going to talk about whatever whatever's going on. Every day is just so crazy, but keep your Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers for Steph because she wasn't feeling very well and and, you know, we're praying that it's not a coronavirus thing but she wasn't feeling well the other day so hopefully she'll be fine but she's going to be here tomorrow and we're going to do it for patrons only. Um, What else? What else? But you can sign up for any dollar amount to support the show. You know, just consider it—you're you're you're part of like the production team, and you're helping to support the show that way. So you can also go to um, the Patreon description, and there's an option where you can make a one-time payment. I've got a PayPal information. My email address is there. Some people like to do that. And just FYI, thank you. I'm grateful for any kind of support that I can get. And of course, you know, Start Me Up is on all of the different sites that podcasts can be found—Stitcher and iTunes please go over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts, become a subscriber. It's free. And then if you could give me a review or you could uh, you know, do a rating thing, whatever, either way, that's fine. I need them. Thank you for the, for the people who have already done it. I greatly appreciate it. Um, let's see, anything else? I think that should be it. I will probably do a lot more venting tomorrow, but today I'm going to laugh with Maysoon. So please enjoy my conversation with Maysoon Zayed. Welcome, Maysoon
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is my first Quarantine Life interview. You got the first one. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> you know, my boyfriend...
1: I from the bunker, <laughs> and I'm now using my phone again. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> um, my boyfriend, uh, Bob Seska, also did, does podcasts, and so... You know, he was talking about some people that he was considering asking. I'm like, well, now's the time to ask. It's like fish in a barrel. Everybody's home.
1: (laughs) That was literally what I said to my publicist, Danny. I called him up and I was like, listen, I got no work till June 4th. (laughs) And they're saying it might actually be September because all of my shows were canceled. Absolutely everything. It was like devastating. I said... Remember all those podcasts I turned down? (laughs) Call them up one by one and book them. I've got nothing for podcasts to do.
0: (laughs) Well, just so we're clear, you never turned me down. I, I hadn't asked you yet, but I mean, you were on my list. There's you know, when I, uh, we, we follow each other on Twitter. So yeah. obviously, you know, I've paid attention. I saw you You, you kind of came into my focus, especially um, that you were a Warren supporter. And, you know, so I followed your tweets and everything. And I, it was just a matter of time before I was going to um, invite you. But it was actually Danny who introduced me to you. So that's awesome. Um,
1: yeah, you he- I have, like, the best publicist, like, everybody's getting fired during this time or being laid off, and I was like, Danny, I'm going to need you to work double. <laughs> this is that moment. Yes. Like, this is the time to actually get me on TV.
0: <laughs> well, okay, before we get into the bulk of the interview, which is going to be about you, uh, I just want to know how... And how are,
1: cat
0: Beyonce. Oh, and your cat Beyonce. I love, I love. Yeah. Um, how are you holding up? I...
1: So I'm doing great because I'm Palestinian. So I'm born and raised in the great state of New Jersey, but I spent every summer in Palestine and my parents would send us like war or shine. So I've lived under curfew. I've lived through bombing. I've had to deal with checkpoints and water and electricity turning off. So I'm doing pretty great, (laughs) except the looming illness and death, right? Yeah. So when you're in war zone, yeah, there's a lot death, but it's not like Grammy and Grampy are directly being targeted. Yeah. Like, not only is it killing people, but it's killing people I like. Like, <laughs> my mentor is 80, my mom is 73, mm-hmm. my Broadway yeah. buddy is 80. Like, this is just terrifying because it's not just being jobless. It's mm-hmm. not just being in Jersey which I hate like I just want to drive to DC out of like sheer I'm free but I also don't want to be a spreader yeah you know so it's super stressful and so what I've tried to do is I created this like thing that people subscribe to so that I could do like live streams and stand-up comedy from home oh. and I want to be like the pandemic George Carlin where, like <laughs> I get people through it but I also tear down Trump and the issue is I cannot convince myself to put a bra on. And I can't do a live stream without a bra. <laughs> like the struggle is so real. And I have never in my life been that person. Like I'm up and running, I fly two hundred days a year, like I'm a super crip, you know. Yeah. So the the weird passage of time and the inability to get myself on the computer is really devastating to me oh
0: my god well i know the bra thing very well Was that a lot? <laughs> 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 well the bra you know i mean most of the day i don't put a bra on but during the evening when i watch television it's it's just a sports bra so it's like half and half but you know uh, oh my god that's funny that's really funny um okay so let's get into it now i I was introduced to you because of Twitter and obviously I'm interviewing you. So I did some research and I watched your TED talk, which by the way, everybody should watch this. I am going to link it in the Patreon description of this show. It's, I mean, it's informative, but it's so entertaining. So why don't you just like kind of start, you have cerebral palsy. You start off your, uh, your TED talk with about what happened. So why don't you tell us what happened? So the doctor who
1: delivered me was drunk and everyone in New Jersey is beeping their horns because they <sighs> apparently have no pandemic patients. So um, I was born on Labor Day. Doctor who delivered me we was drunk. I lost a couple of minutes of oxygen, <sighs> and it made me have cerebral palsy, which is, like, different in everyone. Mm-hmm. Some of us are nonverbal. Some of us are wheelchair users. In my case, I shake all the time. Mm-hmm. So the joke that I do on stage is I shake it like Taylor Swift, but she just wants to, and mine is involuntary. <laughs> and the cool thing was that, like, the nurses, like, reported him, so I made a bucket of money in a lawsuit mm-hmm. against him, and I think that's why I was able to become an artist.
2: Wow. Because
1: if I didn't have money to live off of, my mom would have made me become a lawyer, doctor, or engineer. <laughs> like my sisters, one has an MBA in business, one is an ambassador wow. at the United Nations, and one is a pharmacy doctor. So, like, I'm the lowest rung, <laughs> But I think they let me be an artist because they're, like, "Oh poor disabled girl. Nobody's going to marry her. She has her own money, so let her <laughs> make the funny. And without that, like, nest egg, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do the, the career that I wanted to do, which was acting. Mm-hmm. So, of course, my dream in life was to be on General Hospital, <laughs> like most Muslim girls growing up in America. <laughs> and when I started auditioning after graduating um, with a degree in theater from Arizona State University, I wasn't getting cast mm-hmm. because Hollywood shuns disability. Yeah. They like to win awards off our backs, but they don't like to include us. I mm-hmm. mean, like the last time a disabled actor won an Oscar was 30 years ago. Wow. So where I found myself was in stand-up comedy, and I became a comedian, and like three shows in, I was a paid comic, and I wow. skipped the whole struggle and just had like a really easy career until march 2nd when my agents called to tell me that all my shows had been canceled until june 4th and then someone kind of whispered the other day that it might actually be september wow and so now i'm a cam girl on patreon just like you kimberly
0: (laughs) (laughs) well okay so you you were an extra in general hospital
1: no, I am a character oh, okay. I on General Hospital. <laughs> okay. In May of 2019, I finally had my dream come true, and I'm a recurring character oh. on General Hospital. I say Zara Amir, okay, shark of a lawyer with a shady past that hasn't been written yet.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, yeah. I was <laughs> I was on Days of Our Lives, and when you were talking in your, te- I just misunderstood you because in your TED talk. Um, you know, I, I heard you say that you were on General Hospital, and I thought you said that you were had only been an extra. No, I was
1: an extra. I was an extra on As the Al's
0: World Turns. Oh, I was okay, diner okay.
1: Number three at Al's Diner. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Well, okay. The funny thing is, is and you had mentioned, and I, I, I want to preface this with not wanting to belittle anything that you have to say. This goes into a Hollywood and B, uh, my body image issues too. But I'm six foot tall, and I have mm-hmm. very large bones. And I was never like skinny, like I'm not narrow, I'm wide. And there, you know, I was definitely back in the day, I'm 52, I'll be 52 in July. But you know, when I was pursuing a career, I was in my 20s, mostly in my 20s. And I mean, I was slender. I wasn't skinny. I wasn't like Hollywood skinny. But I, you know, you had mentioned about the fact that they hire perfect people. And so they hired me. Actually, the interesting thing was they hired me on Days of Our Lives to be a model. And I was surprised by that because I did not fit the mold of the soap actress, especially the body. I was taller and bigger than most right. men. And I was always very well very well aware of that. And then eventually it led to me being a police officer on the show and, and I, I, I did that for like seven years. But you know, I just it was like when you said something like they hire perfect people, I kind of thought to myself, you know, as uh, Look, I, you know, I, I was, when I was, I mean, I'm still a nice looking woman, but obviously when I was younger, I was, I was a good looking woman, but I wasn't perfect in Hollywood standards and that always got in my way. So, I mean, obviously I don't have a disability and there's no comparing that, but just in the, like, like,
1: also I'm a multiple minority because also if you see me, I'm totally fluffy, you know, I'm (laughs) the old school Marilyn Monroe size 14 and I'm never, maybe less than that. Like Michael Moore started walking and he dropped like 40 pounds. I started walking and literally nothing happened. (laughs) Like, I was born this size, I'm going to die this size, this is just the size I am, and it's not going anywhere. But I'm also brown. Like, I'm also ethnic, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you're disabled, you really need to be a cute little white disabled boy. Right. You don't need to be, like, as you said, a big-boned, you know, ethnic (laughs) disabled woman (laughs) who's got, like, a sailor's mouth. So... (laughs) But in stand-up comedy, I found my place. Yeah, you know, I always say that stand-up comedy is the island of misfit toys. And you go there and you fit in because the more unique your story is, the better. So First of all, nobody cared that I had cerebral palsy because they just thought I was the drunk chicks doing comedy. <laughs> you know, so, like, no one was really fazed by me. And uh, I, I just, I found my voice in comedy. And I think in a time like this, that's so scary where you have, like, a real roar of authoritarian mm-hmm. leadership trying to take over this country. Mm-hmm. Being a comedian is, like, such a blessing.
0: Oh, In fact, God, I yeah. always
1: get to write what I say, that no one controls my words, mm-hmm. that even in a pandemic, I could get on the computer and make jokes.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: as of right now, no one's going to drag me out of my house. I don't know if that'll be true after November <laughs> yeah, really. of 2020, but for now.
0: Right. Well, I mean, first of all, I applaud you. I mean, just it's like to decide to, to become a comic. You know, my acting coach once said to me that I should consider becoming a comic and I just I knew I could I wouldn't have been able to do it. I mean, I you know, if you say to me be funny, <laughs> I'm just going to be the most boring, dull person that ever lived. I mean, I can be funny organically when it comes out, but I can't, I, you know, it's like to say I'm going to become a comic. Obviously, you've been funny your whole life and you no, have...
1: This is where I get to plug my book. Yes. So I have an audible book. It's called Find Another Dream. And I talk about how this happened. How this really happened was I I got my heart broken. And every time I told people the story... <laughs> They laughed hysterically, oh. and that's when I realized, I was like, wait a minute, this is like heartbreaking, and I'm a drama queen, but everybody's laughing, I think I might be funny, and I signed up for a class at Caroline's Comedy Club, like wow. it was as simple as that. Wow! In the book, I go through the whole thing about how, like, my heart was torn out and I would tell people the story and they would just laugh hysterically. (laughs) And that's how I learned how to do it. Yeah. And then when I became a comic, um, my comedy teacher made me address the cerebral palsy. So I wasn't going to mention it in my comedy at all. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if you don't, they're going to be distracted because they're just going to be trying to guess, like, what is wrong with you yeah. you know and so that's how I got my intro because I wanted to take the fact that I had a disability and bury it and a bunch of other things so yeah. my intro was you know I'm Palestinian I'm Muslim I'm a woman of color I'm disabled and I live in New Jersey so it's like all the horrible <laughs> things rolled into one. Oh my
0: god now let me ask you obviously i mean i've heard from other women comics that um you know it's a man's world comedy is a man's world what what has been your experience
1: so here's number one number one like my third or fourth show i meet this amazing comedian named dean Mm obidala so dean obidala he's a muslim radio show host on sirius xm progressive radio Mm -hmm. and uh, he goes on the news all the time but He was also a stand-up comedian when I was coming up, and he and I joined forces, and we started the New York Arab American Comedy Festival to combat the negative images of Muslims and Arabs post 9-11. my first real deep experiences in comedy were with Dean, who is the most decent guy you've ever met. Hmm. So, like, I really lucked out yeah. and was always on equal footing. We worked really hard to have, like, 50-50 representation of, um, you know, Arab men and women in our comedy festival. And then one year, like, all my women comedians got knocked up. <laughs> and the numbers were all, like, thrown off. And I had to, like... Hold back my anger. <laughs> They're like, no, I'm totally supportive that three of you dropped out this year to have kids. It's fantastic. No, no, the men are dropping out. Know, and there right. was to having kids too. It's fine. Um, so that was my first experience. Hmm. And then my second experience was guys said and did everything in front of me. Like nobody ever treated me like, "Oh, she's a chick, so we can't do that." Mm-hmm. Which means I saw it all. You yeah. know, I grew- I started doing stand-up comedy in 2000. If you saw my my tapes from my first like 10 shows, you would never speak to me again. <laughs> I used every Go slur in the book. I thought I was Andrew Dice Clay and Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and you know I was just despicable. Like Paul <laughs> Dean had nothing on me, but then like I grew up, I stopped doing that. And I I really loathe when comedians are like we can't say anything anymore. You can say everything. Mm-hmm. You just have to work harder for it. I'm like yeah. I like the challenge. <laughs> I don't want to cause people harm. I don't want to invoke their worst memory. Right. I don't need any of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. What a, that's fascinating. And you also, um, I think didn't you say? Well, I'm
1: you- just saying that so that if tapes come out, it doesn't destroy my <laughs> chance of hosting the there. I remember the joke I ever told, but I'm not going to tell it again. I'm going to say that one to be told <laughs> at my
0: funeral. Okay. <laughs> um, you Did you say that Keith Olbermann gave you your first break? Or your first television
1: break? Keith Olbermann gave me my first television break.
0: Okay. First television.
1: Uh, I had done a lot of interviews when Dean and I were doing the New York American Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, the build-up to the Iraq War. We were on NBC, ABC, everything. Yeah. But Keith Oberman was the first person who ever put me on TV hmm. to talk about anything other than myself. Yeah. So he gave me my first gig as a news commentator. Wow. He invited me to come and talk about Saudi Arabia and American television and Sarah Palin. And I hit it out of the ballpark, and he made me a full-time contributor. And absolutely everything I know about, like, being on TV and, like, how to answer questions and interviews and how to prep. And I learned everything from watching him. He was such a fantastic mentor, so generous, so cool to work with. I hear all the stories about him, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just from Jersey, but... I thought it was perfect. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: I, from what I I mean, I absolutely adored him. I love, you know, I mean, I love his, you, sir. <laughs> I just, like, yeah. he's so, like, fucking um, has so much conviction. Um, I just heard that he was behind the scenes. Incredible,
1: incredible patience, because I was learning on the job. Yeah. And there was so much patience, you know?
0: Wow. But, I mean, I heard that he was maybe not so nice to his staff or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, he lost his show, and I always loved watching him. I loved him. So I, I definitely miss him. I don't necessarily remember seeing you, but, I you know, it's been a while. So I don't know. When did he lose I his find, show? In
1: Find Another Dream, you hear all about the gaslighting by Al Gore of Us. It's a very fun chapter <laughs> about how... When we were at Current TV. So, again, I will plug my book, Find Another Dream, available on Audible. I think it's, like, free or something. It's really? It's definitely in the bargain bin on <laughs> Audible. <laughs> when did you write it? Well, yeah, I was, I, I spent six weeks on the bestseller top ten list. Wow. I beat Donald Trump Jr. one week. Yay. I was six and he was nine. <laughs> and my dad's in heaven and not tweeting me to 70 million racists. <laughs> and so, you know. I'm very proud of myself for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Audible was
1: amazing. So it was a co-production by Reese Witherspoon, Hello Sunshine, Mm -hmm. and Audible. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't sit in the chair and record like other artists. Right. So my person at Audible, whose name is Kat, she's like the most amazing. She's like my friend now. Mm -hmm. She put microphones all over the room. So wherever my wobbly CP head bobbled, Mm -hmm. it would catch. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that and, and so fantastic. <laughs> yes, and so I'm not really familiar with Audible, so you're gonna have to fill me in. Is it just like go to audible com and you can find your book?
1: So you can go to audible com. So it's the devil is involved. Uh-huh. Let's be clear. Okay. So in order to listen to a book on Audible, you have to have an Amazon account. Okay. So you have to sign in using your Amazon sign in and then you can download books like books on tape that we used to listen to in the car. Mm -hmm. Except these go on your computer. Mm -hmm. And then because I would never like leave out, you know, a portion of the disabled community or the deaf community, mine, in addition to being audio, which I slurily read in my own Jersey voice, um, Mm -hmm. there's also a downloadable PDF. So if you can't listen, you can read it.
0: That's awesome. And if
1: you go on audible.com, you sign in with your Amazon account and you can buy it by itself for like six bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Or if you have an audible subscription, you pay like $15 a month and it's like Netflix, but audiobooks. Right.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that's after cool.
1: After you buy my book, you have to buy Tiffany Haddish, Black <laughs> Unicorn. That's one of the best books I've ever heard.
0: Wow. Okay. Good to know. Um, let me let me just ask you on a side note here about our political situation. Do you have any um like how do you feel about what's happening? Like do you think do you have hope? Do you think we're going to get through this? Do you, are you doom and gloom because I mean I vacillate between both. I mean like sometimes what are I'm very you hopeful.
1: Talking about? You're talking about corona or Trump?
0: Well, yeah, just both. Like all of it. Like right now we're in this like really weird no, I don't weird... think
1: we can beat Trump. I know that makes everybody really sad, mm-hmm. but like First of all, pre-pandemic, I didn't think we could beat him because he's a cheating cheater supported by a bunch of, like, gang of predators, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if he's stoppable, and that terrifies me, Mm -hmm. but the primary kind of gave me hope because Joe Biden apparently brings the girl to the yard, like, people are just voting in these massive, Mm -hmm. massive numbers Mm -hmm. that are so much bigger than 2016. Yes. So that gives me hope that people are just, like, fed up with him Mm -hmm. and are ready to get him out. But it's just just not fun, even pre-pandemic, living in America anymore. Mm -hmm. Because just knowing that 60 million people had Mm -hmm. no problem supporting a racist, a man who has been accused multiple times of sexual assault, Mm has been documented as a rapist in legal papers. Like the fact that sixty million people like it just makes me walk down the street and wonder like who who is it that supports him. Yeah. That is so vile. You know? And just watching my friends not believing the pandemic when my shows were cancelled March second, I was like, listen, people, this is Hollywood. They're not gonna lose billions of dollars if this is not real be prepared, this is real, Mm -hmm. and they were like, it's media hype, it's a hoax, believing this stupidity that he's spewing, sorry, stupidity is an ableist term, but this ignorance that he's spewing, this gaslighting, and then having their kids pulled out of school, Mm -hmm. and then realizing, oh my god, this is real, Yeah, and that the leader of this country is lying to people, and putting them in harm's way, and that... After years and years of us being like, he lies all the time, Mm -hmm. they're finally waking up and the result might be a million people dead.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: We have someone who is completely unfit leading the most powerful country in the world at the most historical crossroads and he has no idea what he's doing and insists. I'm calling it a Chinese virus mm-hmm. because he's a vile racist that should be jailed. Is that yeah. what you were asking about? <laughs> but I feel like Joe Biden can win because he's such a good guy and he's lost everything. And this is yeah. like God's final gift to Joe. I feel like right. he can win, get inaugurated, sleep in the Lincoln bedroom and wake up dead. I <laughs> met the vice president. Is I gonna I, just, be president. I don't oh want God. that. God
0: no, I know I what you mean.
1: Five times a day. I love him. I met him in person. He is such a cool dude. He literally called my mom to tell her everything was going to be all right. Oh, my He's, God. You know, if I can't have Elizabeth Warren, right. Joe Biden's a good third choice. Okay. But I'm excited to see who his VP is. And pre-pandemic, I didn't think we could beat Trump. During the pandemic, I think he's going to beat himself.
0: Well, you know, okay, now that you say that... In
1: every joke way, you could take that. <laughs> right.
0: But now that you so say... who do you
1: want for VP?
0: Elizabeth Warren. But let me just say... See, okay, I
1: can't have a white ticket. I love her more than anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. And every day I'm angry that she's yeah. not the presidential candidate. And that they're like taking her homework like she's a smart girl who's giving the cute guy her notes and but I can't have an all-white ticket. I can't do it. Okay,
0: but, but let's just play with this. And this is, this is something that, you know... 94% of black
1: women voted against Donald Trump. I'm not betraying them.
0: No, I totally get that. I totally understand. But this is what I was thinking. And, and I'm not sure. I mean, I know that uh, Biden said he was going to, you know, choose a woman to be his vice president, and then he was going to put a black woman on the Supreme Court, which obviously he will have that you opportunity. You
1: know who the black woman
0: on the Supreme Court
1: is? Who? Michelle Obama.
0: I would hope. I would hope. Oh, my God. That would be (laughs) fucking amazing.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Um, But the reason I would say... The the reason I go... I mean, look. If he chooses a black woman for uh, VP, I will... Do the happiest dance there is. Um, I'm yeah. just I would just be happy and I, I totally get what you're saying that it's a full white ticket but I think that if you're gonna look at this maybe in a strategic way, um, he could look at Warren as kind of a bridge to the progressives and frankly progressive. when, when you said you know he's gonna go and wake up dead, I think that there is a real chance that during his first, during that four-year term, I don't know that he'll be able to make, I don't necessarily think he's going to die. I just just wonder if he's going to have the stamina... Because I mean we all saw the age difference in Obama from just his first four years to you know, to the full term. The presidency ages you and already Joe's starting out at close to eighty years old and like you said, he's lost so much. This would be a huge task in a in a post Trump world, in a Trumpism world, to to get all this done. I could see that no matter who he puts in, could they could be the president. And so I Go ahead. Well, just that you know, I mean, as much as you're saying like you were upset with Warren not getting it, so was I. Um, But I feel like this, it, you know, I don't know if she were the nominee, if she so could be. You beat would her.
1: trust the most to take it over in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, I would trust her. But then and then what she could do is bring Castro as her VP. Now, of course, this is my dream. They're going to do whatever the fuck they want, but this is this is the way I look at it.
1: The first woman president of the United States—that's yeah. my dream. Yeah, but we'll put that aside for technical difficulties. <laughs> Here's the thing: I think that Joe Biden is. I think that Joe Biden is absolutely ready to do this. Mm-hmm. I think that he's fit to do this, and I have no doubt voting for him. Yeah, and I like the fact that all the people that were in this fight on lining up against him mm-hmm. like Buttigieg
2: yeah.
1: and you know and Kamala and yeah. I'm not a Cory Booker fan I'm from New Jersey so I'm not <laughs> a Booker fan but like I like the fact that he has all these people yeah. um, behind him because if we learned anything from this orange nightmare it's like the president is a figurehead and the people that he puts around him right. are extremely important yeah. if you're Barack Obama you're extremely hands on if you're You know, Joe Biden, maybe you're going to give Pete Veteran Affairs and see what he can fix or or do there. You know, you're going to reverse the transgender ban in the military. Mm -hmm. You're going to expand ACA and have someone like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders' disability plan at hand Mm -hmm. and implement it. Like, I like the fact that so many people have coalesced behind him. I like that he has been to hell and back and can lead from that vantage point. Yeah. And, you know, he just killed me when he refuses to join 2020. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want his language to evolve and change. He's a smart guy and yeah. he can do it. And I get the folksy stuff, but when you say illegal alien in mm-hmm. an otherwise perfect town hall it's hard for me to sell you to my friend.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's that's where we are. We're at this situation where he's kind of like the old school and he's going to use the terminology that he remembers growing up and it's just, you know, I, I'm with you and I, he's a smart guy and he could move along, but here, here we have him. He was certainly not my first choice. In fact, I didn't think that he would be where he is, but he is. And I mean, that's how I kind of look at VP. Like whoever he chooses, I don't even, I mean, I care, but he's got my vote. He's got you know, my full enthusiasm, even with his, um, with his gaffes. And I mean, he's the, he's the guy known yeah. for his gaffes. So, um, I think, and the, the thing that I think his really.
1: His gaffes are so much better than Donald Trump's willful yeah. racism and hate speech.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's why it's like, all right, we're just going to have to get behind him. And I think the, I mean, I, I hope that people who, Let's say, how can I say this? People who are not voting for him right now. I hope they can get behind him uh, once he does become the nominee. And I think that no matter who he chooses, um, you know, I mean, I like Warren for my personal reasons, but I totally understand the importance of nominating a woman of color just because, you know, even though he's got the black vote locked down, um, Black women in this country specifically have had such a difficult time, more difficult than any of us. I mean, I'm a woman, and sure, I've had dis- I've dealt with discrimination, but certainly I have not walked in the shoes of a Muslim woman or a black woman, and so I don't know yeah. firsthand what that's like. I mean, I had the comedy duo Frangela on not too long ago, and uh, they were talking about one of them was at a I think it was at a job interview, and the first question asked, she's a black woman, and th- and the white man who was interviewing her, the first thing that came out of his mouth was, do you know who your father is? And (laughs) I mean, I was floored because it was like, that question would have not occurred to me. It wouldn't have occurred to me that someone would even ask that question. So it's it just showed to me that, you know, I mean, there's so much that, that women of color have to experience. And when I say women of color, I mean, you know, whether it's Muslim women or Latina women or black women. Yeah, but
1: that's I mean, like, I have no idea what it means to be a black woman wheelchair user. Right. It's different for them. I can never know what that experience is, you yeah.
0: know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean oh, I I don't yeah, want to put I mean, down a woman VP that would be a woman of color at all. My hope for for Elizabeth Warren is just specifically her plans and the way that she is so capable and the fact that I don't know if Joe Biden will uh finish out and even if he does finish out his first term, then whoever his vice president is is likely the one who's going to be running in 24.
1: Yes. Run for the 2024. Yeah. Except I think Megan McCain is gonna run and win. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do. I no. think she's gonna run and win if not 2024, 2020. Oh my God, no! I think no. she's a lock. Ugh. Yep. Yuck! Yucky Wait. yuck! Um. All right. <laughs> <I'm> gonna win. <end. laughs> I'm just telling. You, listen, the one thing we can say is thank God it's not Ivanka. No. Right.
0: Uh, right. And uh, yes, I. I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but out of the two, yes, I would be more happy with uh, McCain. I'm making you play Fuck Mary Kill with the new
1: Republican woman president. Ivanka, Megan, it, it, it would be a
0: great uh, Kellyanne Conway. Yes,
1: Kellyanne Conway.
0: Oh my God. I actually say Huckabee Sanders is better. Oh my God. Oh, you're killing me. Or we could always bring Sarah Palin back. Oh my God!
1: What, what?
0: I said we could always bring Sarah Palin back.
1: No, no, no! Did you see she was on the mass singer? Yes, I saw. Unfortunately, I'm so sad. I am. I'm genuinely sad
0: unfortunately i I don't
1: know i should feel nothing but i do yeah that's always the difference between us and them i should have no empathy yet i do (laughs) oh my gosh ivanka on twitter
2: Uh, oh
0: i i I can't take her trying to
1: play like pandemic barbie right now yes so like she built a fort with her kids yesterday and it was like clothing racks yes like, you can tell her assistant put it together and that they're not social distancing. But then today, she was like, Ooh, teachers have a hard job. I'm homeschooling. Yeah. Was like, stop it. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Stop it. Stop I, it. You're probably called it an effing hoax. You're all going to die. Stop trying to play along. You can't. It with us. No,
0: there is no way. Oh my God, she's just the fucking worst. I hate all of them. And then there's Junior. He's just so awful too, taking every opportunity to try to turn uh, Joe Biden into dementia man. And then, then you know, I mean, look at his own father. My boyfriend goes after him on Twitter all the time, and he's just th- these it's, people.
1: It's absurd how much they project. Yes, like you're going to talk about someone being mouth. First of all, that's ableist. But yeah. Second of all, like. Your dad cannot say your name, which is also his name. So, I don't want to hear anything. I have not understood a goddamn word that ever came out of Melania Trump's mouth. I have no idea what she's saying. When people said that she plagiarized Michelle, I did not agree, because I could not decipher a single word that
0: came out of her mouth. Oh,
1: my God. Well, I do hope... I'm not mocking ESL. Right. I'm saying, you're the fucking first lady. <laughs> Get an English tutor. Yes,
0: yes. But you know what? She doesn't care. Um, I, she just doesn't care. It's, it, it,
1: it, she it it, really doesn't care, she, do you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I mean, she obviously, it looks like she is uh, stuck in that marriage at least until the presidency is over.
1: And yeah, it's, stuck she's stuck in anything. She's a birther-willing participant. I have no sympathy whatsoever I don't think she's like, oh, I can't wait to get away from him. She's like, this grift went so much better than I thought it would. <laughs> well, this the
0: reason I amazing. the
1: reason I say I that though, I
0: think I think what happened, uh, which I mean, I'm taking a guess here, but I'm guessing that it, it's very possible that she, you know, had they, they, like he would said to her. Okay, if I win the presidency, we have to stay married because I think she wanted to leave him because you know the, all the that face that she made at the inauguration and slapping his hand away and all that stuff. I think that she's just <laughs> repulsed by him, and you know. <laughs> He's
1: repulsed by him. Yes, <laughs> I find him repulsive. I can't imagine any human being. Yes. In his presence.
0: Yes, like and let so, his
1: kids have their weird Stockholm syndrome thing going. Right. But nobody likes him. No, nobody. Nobody. Likes him.
0: Nobody likes him. And she does not love. No, 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 no. But I mean, I think she's at least stuck in that situation until uh, he's gone. And then she'll probably, I, I would not be surprised to see her leaving him, you know, no, no matter what got her there in the first place. But that's what I think of her. And she's just, I just don't think she cares. Like, I don't think she cares to improve her accent. or She doesn't care. She just wants to, you know.
1: I didn't care about her accent. It's only because they're so xenophobic that like seeing them be cartoonishly like, you know, heavy accented is just so much more of that gross hypocrisy that I yes. was being subjected to, you know.
0: Oh, yes. Well, um,
1: it, hmm. to end, it's unhealthy. Joe Biden must win in November, and let me tell you, yes. I don't know when this podcast is coming out. We absolutely must spend every single day between now and November 3rd making sure that they allow mail-in ballots because this fucker is going to try and postpone the election, mark my. Oh, word. he
0: absolutely will. The, this podcast comes out today. I will send it to you. Um, and yes, you're absolutely right. Mail in ballots. I am in full agreement with you that um, he will try to stop this election. I I know that's going to happen. So, yes, we have. To, everybody has to do that. Um, and I just want to say, every
1: single day, we got nothing else to do. Nothing else. We got every single day just push, push, push. That they must. Like every state has to implement mail-in ballots.
0: Yes, absolutely. And
1: they send them to us, and we can put our social security number or whatever it is that they want for us to verify. And it has to be by mail. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're going to have a really good reason to postpone it. And like already, when he loses, he's going to be like, I know, because I didn't get to do my rallies because of the Chinese pandemic, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yes. And he's going to cry racism, unfair, and Joe Biden. And Dr. Jill, who I love so much, will be tripping the light fantastic with Michelle and Barack next yes. to them as like Shania Twain sings. <laughs> and it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to hold you to that because I need it to be
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, wanna... I need to do a, a follow-up interview. Because we really didn't even touch Beyonce the cat. Oh, okay. And that's well, the yes. whole thing. Okay, so well, we have like to. We need to have another interview once
0: you run through everyone else that's okay. uh, self quarantining. I know. Um, okay, well, I wanted to say this to you that uh, first of all, just thank you for being you. Because I mean, I, I I didn't really get into it, but my my entire life I've experienced and I've talked about it on this podcast and I've written about it. I have body image issues and body hatred, and you, you know, and it's uh, it. It's something that I've just dealt with and so seeing women like you who have just said I am going to push through whatever issues I've got and I'm going to be me you inspire me and you make me feel more um I don't know just more confident to be me and 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 you do give me inspiration and so you I know you inspire everybody you come in contact with because you're so freaking funny and clearly very smart (laughs) and and thank you so much for being on the show
1: Thank you so much for having me and kind of yanking me out of my slump. I really hope this inspires me to like get my own stuff going. So there you go, you inspired me right back. Yay! To to
0: put a on and figure out how to put that brawn. Put that brawn.
1: Bye.
0: (laughs) Or don't. don't. All right, you take care. Bye bye. (laughs) She was definitely a breath of fresh air, wasn't she? Wow. You know, I had a conversation with three people this morning, Bob. My boyfriend, my mom, and a girlfriend of mine, and each one I cried. Each one I started losing it because I was like, "Oh my God, are we going into a great depression?" And oh my God, who am I? Who do I know that's gonna die? I mean, it's like all these thoughts that are going. Right now, I just want to cry. But it was so nice to talk to her because she did just like she said it. Like I pulled her out of her thing. She pulled me out of that feeling of, um, you know, I'm gonna go right back into it. I'm sure, but. She helped me for, you know, a few minutes laugh and and feel like a human being again that doesn't have to worry about all this stuff. And I'd I'd like to say this, too. Um, Yesterday, I spoke to somebody, and I'm going to have to be vague here. I spoke to somebody that I know very well, and I was informed that there was somebody, a mutual person in our lives, that is very important, that uh, was at the doctor because of a possible cancer scare. And I was really, you know, when I, heard, when I heard this news and I thought, oh my God, this person I know who is very important to me might have cancer, my first thought was that's it, it's cancer. And I got a call back about two or three hours later and it's not cancer. And I was so fucking grateful, like you don't even know. I was so grateful. Because, you know, obviously, the stress. I'm sorry, you know, I mean, I'm okay. I'm not going to apologize for crying, but I'm just letting you know that during this uh, quarantine, during all this, my emotions are all fucking over the map. So I'm just going to cry sometimes. and <laughs> I imagine tomorrow when Steph is on, there's going to for sure be some crying. Although we're also going to laugh because we like to laugh. So, you know, we still have our humor despite all this craziness. But just to find out that this person was not sick. Uh, It gave me such a relief and it it kind of put things, ah, it kind of put things into perspective because, you know, the person who gave me the news and said, all right, our mutual person of interest is at the doctor said there are more, there are bigger things than this virus. And it's so true. So, you know, right now we're also laser focused on it. We're laser focused on Trump and the virus and this and that. But, there's other shit that's going on in our lives. So, um I was so relieved and it just felt really good. And you know, I'm going to have to figure out what to do. Unfortunately, I have not been working out. I'm usually somebody who works out all the time and I don't know. I just don't want to. I just want to I just don't. And so I have to force myself to do that. I think I'm going to force myself to go for a walk. That's one thing. At least we can all go outside. We can all go outside and breathe fresh air and we can um, you know, have some semblance of normalcy, even though things aren't normal. We can we can get some exercise, which I'm going to have to force myself to do. And, you know, we're just going to have to get through this thing because it's so scary. But, you know, I mean, I know that I'll be doing podcasts. Maybe I'll be upping them. Definitely tomorrow, Steph and I are going to get together. Hopefully, she's uh, going to be available. And And I'm just going to say... She wasn't feeling very good yesterday, so when I talked to her about this, so fingers crossed that she's okay, um, and planning on doing a show for patrons only, just to you know keep us going. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Definitely, you can find me on author uh, on Twitter on author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y, and then you can always go to Amazon Kimberly A Johnson and find my books, Peyton's Choice is a book about teen abortion, and it's a great book to read during a pandemic. (laughs) Teen love, teen abortion, and it was loosely based on my life as a teenager. I I lived in Torrance, California. I had three girlfriends, and we, we went to high school by the ocean, and it was kind of like a dream. You know, it was like one of these wonderful... It was a wonderful... Everybody talks about high school being so awful. I didn't experience that at all. I had a great time in high school, especially... Uh, that particular high school where I, I went to 11th and 12th grade and graduated. And it was just, it was so much fun. So basically, I just kind of took my experience as a teenager and used it as a backdrop for the story. And the girl in the book, Peyton, is a six foot blonde, but I never did have an abortion. So I had to kind of make that part up. But still, it's kind of uh, my experiences living in Torrance, California. And you know, I am somebody is weird. I'm going to be 52 years old, but I always like young adult stories. I I always have. I've always found them interesting. So, anyway, uh, you can find all my books: Peyton's Choice, The Virgin Diaries, American Woman, The Pole Dance, and Ain't No Sunshine. Men Refeal, reveal the pain of heartbreak. Go to Amazon, buy some books, and don't forget to tell your friends. If you like this show, please tell your friends because word of mouth is important. And I'm worried about what's going to happen in the future. So. More patrons, please, if possible. If you can, I'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll be talking with Steph tomorrow.